0: (laughs) Hey, 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 everybody. It's your buddy, Pete the Planner. Peter Dunn. Oh, it's good to see you. And uh, just so you know, if you're listening on the podcast right now, boy, do I have something important to share with you. We have changed the format of the podcast uh, because of popular demand. You will no longer just hear the radio show produced in a somewhat formal and professional way. You are about to hear the show behind the show which is the live recording of the show on Fridays at noon live on Facebook live this is to mean you'll get all the witty banter the dame and I have to offer you between the segments people say they like it you're allowed to comment our our normal viewers on Facebook often contribute to the show and it really becomes the best part of the show and sometimes we can't talk about this stuff on the air so the podcast has now evolved into a free form no segments. It's just one big jambalaya of fun. Introducing Damian Dunn, everybody.
1: I would also like to remind people that as they are listening to the podcast or the whatever you, you may be consuming right now, feel free to comment right now as well. We probably just won't know about it, but feel free to make your, your feelings known
0: dame I, I feel like i'm gonna uh wait a couple seconds for some people to gather i mean our, our normals are coming in our regulars i should say no one's normal on this show i'm gonna go ahead and just talk uh make the announcement as to what the show's gonna look like next year i'm just gonna do it
1: all right go have at it
0: well people are, are coming in right now all right so again if you're listening to the podcast uh, i don't have to really repeat myself because you wouldn't have not gotten to this point of the show without the first part of the show as that's how podcast works uh, hello, Mary Lou. Hello, Blake. Welcome to the show today. It's good to be with you. Dame, we have not done a pre-production meeting this week, which means the pre-production meeting, as you know, begins right now. All right. So let's do... Oz sent over some questions this week. Let's do... What did we decide we were going to do?
1: What did we decide we were going to do?
0: Oh, that was me. I decided. Okay. We're going to do my column for IBJ this week, which you've not read. Nope. Then, oddly enough, uh, I took a phone call from a hospitality worker this week who has a really unique situation. So I'm going to try to remember the details of that, and we're going to make that a segment.
1: Which I have no information on either. Yeah,
0: exactly. And then, finally, the cost of older homes, which is that final question that Oz put into the Slack channel this week. Hello, Anne. Welcome to the show. Good to be with you. I like your emoji of a person waving. Dame, I'm going to go ahead and just get there and and talk about what we're doing on the show next year. 2021. Are you ready to go?
1: Let the people have it.
0: Okay, so just for some background here. Oh, Dame is low volume. Chuck is telling us that Dame is at low volume.
1: Well, Pete, I can try and fix that. But uh, I'm going to have to crank up the gain, which is potentially going to blow your eardrums out. No, because I'll switch back to the other side. Okay. All right. So Chuck, let me know if that
0: helps any. Chuck, is Dame's volume better uh, right now? Chuck, the whole show at this point in time relies on you right now. So, oh, Dame,
1: you should talk. Yeah, I guess that's probably true. And I wish we probably could have gotten this worked out prior. But as is wont to do, we have tech problems every once in a while. And we are uh, uh, not immune from succumbing to those. So here we are trying to figure things out on the fly. Thank you, Chuck, for the feedback. Uh, let me know if it gets worse. He says, it's, he says much. <laughs> so he
0: either means much worse or much better. I think he says much better. By the way, how excited are the podcast people for f- finally getting this version of the show?
1: Oh, yeah, they are thrilled. Maybe we punt on that in one more week and just give them the regular stuff and we re-roll this out <laughs> next week.
0: Okay, so here's what we're doing on the show <laughs> next year. We are going to, in the first six months of 2021, Make over five families' financial lives live on the air. We are gonna tell their story over the course of six months. We're gonna welcome them at the beginning part of the year, hear what they've been through, what they're going through, what their situation is. We're essentially gonna give them hay money, which is uh, you know our business to consumer uh, financial problem solving product for free. For six months, they will work with Dame and I on the air at the beginning of the six month period. They will appear once in the middle of the six month period and once at the end. They will also work with our team off the air as well. So we are giving away five free Hey Money memberships in 2021. We're gonna do it here in the next few weeks actually. And then we're gonna tell those stories of those people live on the air with them. We're gonna change their name, change their pertinent details so they cannot be identified. Because we think what the most interesting thing that we're able to do on a regular basis are the real stories behind people's numbers. So that's what we're gonna do. On top of that, anyone listening right now will be eligible to apply to to be part of that program. I would send out the form right now, which I worked on uh, again today, Dame worked on it last week, but I have not got my marketing director's uh, approval for that. And I am not in the mood to get in trouble from my marketing director. (laughs) Not on a Friday, not on any day. No.
1: Okay. So you are all eligible. We'll give you more details later. Dam, are you ready to start the show here? Yes. The things seem to be working okay. Let's get it on with so we uh, can get it taken care of. I don't all know. right. By I'm the
0: blastered. way, Mary Lou says uh, loves the uh, awesome sauce. Uh, and Sorry. then uh, Logan says, love that idea. Thank you for the encouragement. Okay, damn. I'm going to start the recording of the radio show. Uh, for the podcast listeners, this is what happens before we hit record. And now I'm hitting record. Three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com. And uh, several things can happen. I might just turn it into a USA Today column. I might turn it into a column for the Indianapolis Business Journal. Uh, I might talk about it here on this radio show and podcast. Uh, Dame, by the way, oh, hi, Dame. Uh, hi, Pete. Dame's co-host. Yeah. Dame, we have a new affiliate uh, on our syndicated radio program. Uh, oh. I did not take the time to look what that affiliate is prior to recording the show, which I will after the next break.
1: That sounds like a plan that could have been formulated better. Oh, good Lord. All right, Dear Pete, my wife and
0: I are both 52 years old and have done a mediocre job of saving for retirement. Based on every online calculator I've used, we've, we're have we falling short of our retirement goals and the goals are rather modest, but it's not like we're living an extravagant life right now. Between our mortgage, our car payments, and our kids' college educations, we don't have much left each month. We can't be the only people in this situation. What do you tell people who are scraping by now and are headed toward a not so great retirement? Uh, who, let me see who wrote that email. Uh, Brian in Indianapolis. All right, Dame, what do you think? I'm going to give you the first crack.
1: This was my IBJ column this week. So, uh, there are wrong answers, Dame. Go ahead. Oh, fantastic. Let me see if I can come up with a couple of those. Brian, you may have to shift your idea and concept of what retirement's going to look like going forward. I I think, uh, you may be into a, a little bit of a, I don't want to say a, a rude awakening necessarily, but the, the things that you may have um, envisioned are, are going to have to change a little bit. Pete, do you agree with me on that? Well, I I do agree with you for that. I, I would say
0: this, that most people, when they begin to think about their retirement shortfalls, they think about how the fact that, the, the fact that they don't have a lot of money, right? They, they're like, okay, well, based on the calculators, we're not going to have a lot of money. And what they inconveniently neglect is when you're in this position, the goal is to not need a lot of money, right? Mm -hmm. And and, and so they focus all their attention on what what they don't have, which is money. When in fact, what they should focus their attention on is eliminating the obligations which make retirement seem impossible. And as I went on to say in the column, which may be the low point of my writing career, I compared it to the scene in Lady and the Tramp, when Lady, the dog, and the tramp, the other dog, are eating a pasta meal in an alley outside of a restaurant. (laughs) And Lady is sucking the noodle from one end, and the tramp is consuming the noodle from the other end, and they, they come in for a dog kiss right in the middle. And, and the metaphor there is that you got to attack the problem for both ends. I really oh did write God. that. Thing. I really did.
1: <laughs> that got published?
0: We'll see at 2 p.m. today.
1: <laughs> they, they do have editors there, right?
0: <laughs> I don't know. They may go out of business if they print that. Okay, but the, what happens is if you are able to reduce your expenses – then in reducing your expenses and eliminating those obligations, the money that used to be going towards those expenses can then go to accumulate off to the side, which raises your pool of assets while you've decreased your need for assets. And it's like a, a two dogs meet in the middle of a noodle for a kiss. It's a perfect metaphor.
1: Sure. Yeah, you go ahead and think that. Uh, but but you're right. There's a change in um, lifestyle that's going to have to happen. You're you're right. Get rid of some expenses, if at all possible, before you retire to reduce that dependency on the income that you're making now. And then uh, make sure you're spending it wisely uh, going forward. So if, if you're on a, a fixed income, which is something that we run into all the time here, uh, retirement didn't shape up the way you thought it was going to for whatever reason. And you've only got uh, X dollars, X amount of dollars to to use in retirement. Well, that's actually what a lot of people have to deal with, whether they uh, achieve their retirement goals or not. You you have a fixed income in retirement. So uh, if you haven't started budgeting now, that's a a skill I would encourage you to develop between now and the time you retire to make sure that you are comfortable living within some parameters that you've set for yourself. Now you have the ability to prioritize what you're going to spend that money on for sure, but you got to be used to doing it. So uh, it's time to do a little bit of skill building and prepare for retirement.
0: Dame, uh, did you notice the three expenses that they said were really hurting their financial life right now? There was uh, their mortgage, Mm -hmm. car payments, and Mm -hmm. college for their kids all three of those things can be eliminated. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. It'll take a little bit of effort, most likely, and probably sacrifice right now, if if we're perfectly honest. But they are hopefully achievable goals.
0: Yeah. I think think the bigger point here is if your focus is on the assets you don't have, which makes you feel helpless, you're not going to be motivated to just keep, you know, Uh, a drop in the bucket sort of idea. If you see a point to your sacrifice and to your change in behavior, and the point is to eliminate financial obligations, they should be good to go. They're 52. So Dame, even if they refinance to a 15-year mortgage right now, they'll have that mortgage eliminated by the time they retire. The -hmm. car payments are clearly be gone. Uh, And depending on what they did for college that could be done too. I, I, I'm making up numbers here because they didn't give me any numbers. Go figure. Let's say, and I'll be very conservative. Let's say they have a total of $500 a month in car payments. Let's say they have a $1,000 mortgage. And let's say that co- college is for some reason only costing them a $1,000 a month or $500 for that month. You know, we're talking between $2,000 to $2,500 a month, $30,000 a year of net income that they don't need if they can eliminate those obligations. And, and Dave, the math's not that hard. To have $30,000 of net income a year uh, in retirement, you would need just under a million dollars in assets to perpetually create that $30,000 a year of income. So think about that. Not, not that you would permanently have a house payment or permanently have any of those payments, but to afford the lifestyle they're living now, they would need an additional million dollars in assets to to create that income stream in retirement. And just by shifting your focus, much like Lady and the Tramp, <laughs> they'll be better off. The Lady and the Tramp thing, I, I don't know if that will go down as my weirdest uh, metaphor in writing history the other one i was explaining a life insurance concept once in usa today and i said it's sort of like the two-man luge you don't know how or why anyone decided that was a good idea right <laughs> like just like two people in skin suits laying on top of each other going down a hill on ice like at what point just, you're like
1: yeah let's do this i'm just glad there's not two-man skeleton yeah i would see yeah that would seem that
0: would seem awkward At best. Dame, I did want to take this time to welcome to the show WVKI in Knox, Indiana, 99.3 FM and 1520 AM. Aren't you glad you made that decision, program director? (laughs)
1: Boy, Yes, of course he is. They are. Oh, man. The growing list of affiliates. Oh,
0: man. All right, Dame, so here's what we're going to do. Coming up after the break, here in a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about actually a situation. I talked to a, a couple on the phone this week. I'm going to strip their names away, try to strip their details away so we can tell their story. Pretty interesting stuff. It was one of the more unusual calls I, I, I've had of, of people in that sort of situation. Then we're going to talk about the cost of older homes. You know, if you got a hundred year old home, it's going to cost you. If things don't work. They break, even though things a hundred years ago were still made better than most of the things made today uh we'll do all that next uh if you want to catch the show later you didn't catch the beginning go to pete find the podcast and subscribe review and leave beautiful comments about my metaphors then we'll be back right after this i'm pete the planner and this is the show Dave, that was me stretching
1: out trying to hit beautiful. the post i don't know if it was beautiful or not did you see how low my levels were on the radio side uh like, yeah it fixes it in okay post. as long as you're confident and i want to make sure
0: Well, I mean, I'm not confident. I mean, I thought it was a good idea to do the late. Okay, so let's put it to the audience here. Uh, Mike asks, what time were you writing that article and how many drinks were you into before that metaphor reference? That's a fair question. I wrote that in the morning and I was not having Bloody Marys. Danza, show contributor Danza asks, Pete is oozing humiliation over that lady in a tramp metaphor, LMAO. Okay, everyone laughing my pain. But... Okay, for, for those that have not commented, it's a reasonable reference.
1: Yeah, I just don't know if I would have gone with a children's movie to get there. Well, what would you have gone with? I don't know. I, I don't know. Fair point. I don't know. I don't have a better suggestion. I mean, are, there aren't a lot of adult movies. Should I made an adult film reference? Is that what you're saying? When was the last time you watched Lady and the Tramp? I've never seen it.
0: <laughs> Damn. You know, I'm looking at the radio. I'm
1: trying to reset the audio. It's not resetting. This is a great day. That's Mind reset. Day. Well, I mean, it says it's still running health checks, but oh, a really? little doesn't. thing popped up. And said,
0: you guys, so podcast people, this is what you miss out on. This is what you miss out on by just yeah. listening to the old, normal old show here. Uh, boy, aren't you glad we switched formats? Damien, it's nice to add that other affiliate. I think, what are we, five, six affiliates deep at this point? Something like that. We're all over. We're statewide. My man, uh, Kyle is the one who sets those up at Emmas and, and Radio Indiana. I'll just tell you this. It would probably help a brother out if I named the affiliates and had a list of them ready to go on the air. Boy, oh boy. All right, Dame.
1: I don't think I can go yet.
0: All right. So uh, resetting the radio uh, for those that are on the podcast listening for the first time, we have to uh, hit certain times within the radio show. The first segment is nine minutes and 22 seconds. The second segment is nine minutes and 23 seconds. The third segment is nine minutes and 40 seconds. And the fourth segment is nine minutes and 40 seconds. So that is the process that we're going through right now. And Dame, you just failed the health check on the radio side. I'm going to hit reply or refresh. Hang on. <sighs> what indie stations are you on? Chuck Ask on Facebook live. Well, we are on 93 W I B C FM Sunday afternoons at 4 PM. So that is, uh, that is the original airing of the show uh, on our, our flagship station. I will say this though. Uh, we have, Dan, what are some of our affiliates? We have Kokomo, which is W.I.O.U. I you can't forget can't what forget that, that one. is, W.I.O.U. Uh, we've got a one in D- D- up in Decatur, right? Do we have one there? Uh, uh, Noble County, up Noble in County. Kendallville. How come now I filled the health recording here now, Dame? <sighs> this is a... Oz uh, from our team who's watching the stream live, just sent me a list of our affiliates. Because she's clutch. She's the best. All right, here's here's what they are, everybody. Uh because you asked, Chuck, and because it's some sort of vanity play for me to to list all of these. Uh W A W K the Hawk, Kendallville. That's Kendallville. W-I-B-C in Indianapolis, W-I-O-U in Kokomo, 1350 a.m. W-T-R-E in Greensburg, 1330 a.m. W T-R-C-F-M, Michiana Zone 95-3. 95.3 WTRC. And then WVKI in Knox. There you go. Let's hope our recording equipment has now worked. Oh uh, boy, that's fun. Okay. Oh, Dame, How about this for a new intro? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of
1: all ages, get ready to be amazed. Did you like that? I I think that might be setting expectations. We can't meet. Okay. All right. Uh, Come on, health checks. And then we'll continue
0: the show. Okay. So Dame, I'm going to tell you the story of a phone call I had with a couple. uh, When all of this went down, and I'll just re-explain this when the radio segment starts. When all of this went down in March and April, the hospitality and convention business in Indianapolis was decimated. It still is decimated. And so uh, I was working with, different groups in downtown, including the mayor of Indianapolis of like, how can we offer support who people are struggling, who their lives are, are ruined. And so, you know, we've been taking calls from dozens of people over the last several months just to, to do everything we can. And so I took a call this week from a guy and I just never had really heard a story like that. And the radio is ready to record. So I'm going to tell you that story. Let's do it now. Three, two, one back on the pizza planner show. Hope you enjoyed your time away from us dame i talked to a gentleman and his partner his wife this week and uh, i want to share this story with you because it was one of the more unusual financial situations i have ever heard in my entire life and that is very dramatic but i'm going to do my best to explain what's going on so when uh, the pandemic hit and the recession hit, we volunteered our services to the city of Indianapolis uh, to help people in the hospitality and convention business who who have been suffering, and so they've been able to email us and we've been able to help them as we see fit. And uh, I'm going to change some of the details of this story, but you'll get the gist of it because I'm not trying to violate the trust. I'm just trying to get you to understand how unique the situation is. I was talking to this guy; he and his wife are about 50 years old. She was staying at home, not working. He was working in the hospitality industry. Last year was his best year ever in the hospitality industry. And he made $130,000. Okay. nice. I'm going to start throwing a lot. These are all real numbers. I'm not changing any of the numbers. Okay. I'm going to about to throw you a lot of numbers and just like they did to me. And you're going to see why this is one of the weirdest stories you've ever heard. It's remarkable though. $130,000 of income last year. This year, he will have made 65,000 which somehow he was able to do. Some of it's unemployment, but I mean, again, it's 65000 They only went backwards. They're only going in the hole, I should say, to the tune of $750 a month. Wow. So that alone is the first wow. Let's continue. They're renters. They want to um, buy a home. For, for a number of reasons. They are in a school district where the homes where they feel like they can afford don't exist because they want to stay in that school district because they have a teen and then a, an elementary school student, okay? Okay. And so they said to me, Pete, we've saved a little bit for a down payment and we'd like to buy a $225,000 home. Okay. Dave, they've saved $100,000 as a down payment. And they have over $50,000 in an emergency fund. Oh? And they feel like they're behind the ball, eight ball, I should say, in regards to uh, saving for college. And they don't feel great about what they've saved for retirement, but they have roughly $250,000 saved for retirement. So is this not one of the more unusual crises you've ever heard of? Because at first glance, it doesn't feel like a crisis. It it, it feels like they should be able to deal with this. And by the way, they have. The fact that they're not going too deep into the hole, they're not necessarily tapping their emergency funds that much when their income has got cut in half. It's a remarkable problem. And the nuance to it, Dame, is the fact that they want to stop renting, but they can't afford housing in their school district to keep their kids in the school they want to be in, despite the fact that they've saved $100,000.
1: So how do you begin to react to something like this? First, yeah, it's remarkable, but you think about it. If they were able to trim their expenses down to where they were only able to go you know, negative $750 a month during this whole time period, it's not a huge surprise that they were able to save that much money set aside, you know, a hundred grand for a down payment and 50 grand for their emergency fund, because they must've been pretty disciplined with their spending prior to this as well. If they've got um, some tough decisions to make, uh, there's a few there that I, I think are certainly worth considering with the college is a, is a, a potential issue. Um, did They said that their oldest is in uh, in senior high or junior high. Uh, Right on the right on the edge, right on the the edge, and they have younger behind that too. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's a conversation that's going to need to be addressed really, really soon. Is that how much are they going to want to try and contribute to their kids' education? And it's very possible that maybe some of the monies they had allocated for other areas, uh, whether it's down payment or emergency fund, could potentially get redistributed and reused for other needs going forward. I mean, a two hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars house. I think you said was was what was in their budget.
0: Yeah, because they want to have around a thousand a to eleven hundred dollars house payment, mortgage payment, because that's what their rent payment is. Mm-hmm. And, and they know to accomplish their other goals, they can't let that payment go up too much. It's fascinating because they really have four four goals, um, but only three of them are possible, right? So they've got buy a house, they've got get caught up on uh, retirement savings, fund their kids' college education, and then try not to go deeper into the hole each month. And so what I say is only you know one of them is not necessarily possible. I told them, look, I, I hate to say this, but college is at the complete end of the list here, if not falling off the list, because that can be mitigated. The costs of college can be mitigated with tough decisions, choosing the right school, uh, you know, not going into parent plus loans as we talked about on the show last week. And if I may say, Dame, you and I, oh, I showed you one email. I got another one I didn't show you. Last week, we were talking about the schools in our country, the colleges, universities that have the highest average or median amount of uh, parent plus loans if a student is to go there for four years. And, and one of the those schools on the list was a, a local private school in central Indiana, western, west central Indiana. $80,000 plus was the average parent plus loan balance upon graduation for the student who also had tens of thousands of dollars in debt. Dan, we got two emails from people who were in that situation with that institution and said, because we, you and I were questioned on the show last week, well, that can't be true. There's got to be something wrong with that. No, it was 100% true. And I, I don't want to divulge any more than that. But I'll just say for this couple that I talked to this week, my fear in any time I hear a situation where people say we're behind on retirement and a retire behind on college, by trying to accommodate both of those things by saving for them, you get yourself in trouble. It's got to be all out for retirement, uh, especially if you're behind the eight ball, and then figure out another way to fund that college education, which does not include personally going into debt for your student.
1: It's a sad situation. i I I had no reason to doubt the numbers since they were pulled together professionally, but just actually seeing people, families struggle with that exact situation is heartbreaking. The sacrifices that people make and then the emotions that they go through as they deal with the repercussions of getting their kids into the school that they wanted to go to. um, It's tough. It's tough to read. I'll tell you this, though, and I had to wait to the right
0: point in the conversation to tell them this. Because you, you don't want to just start taping silver linings all over people when they're, when they're really telling you of these really tough emotional situations. If you do it too soon, A, it feels really insincere and B, they won't hear it. But here's the reality. If they survived that sort of pay cut and have now reset their lifestyle based on this new living expense and they can reasonably expect their income to return to where it was around six months from now. Okay. I don't have a crystal ball in the pandemic, but I think that six to nine months from now, that industry will pick back up. Dame, they can begin to solve some of these major problems and to fund some of these major goals. And it was this crisis. This is the tough part to say out loud. (laughs) It was this crisis that allowed that to happen. Isn't that isn't that where this gets gross? Like, Because we're like, hey, good thing for this crisis, or we never
1: would have been able to retire. But It's true. We've actually talked to more than one family, similar situations where it wasn't nearly as bad as what the situation is, but they were able to focus on the situation and prioritize what they wanted to accomplish. All right, Dan, coming up after the break, we're going to talk about the cost of owning an
0: older home, This Old House, starring Damian and Peter Dunn. No relation. All that's next on the Pete the Planner show. I'm Pete the Planner. Isn't that one of the weirder crises you've ever heard of?
1: I would love to know more about that. Uh, I have a note for you after the show about that. It's to have 150 grand sitting in cash. Right, but,
0: but with a purpose, the 50s to have their back and the 100s for a down payment. And it, it makes no sense to do anything else with that cash.
1: Well, I don't, if they're looking for a 225 house, I mean, they've got a 40% down payment right now. They don't need- But, they, all- but here's the thing. Homes are going so fast at that price
0: range, they can't, get, they can't get a home. You have to know the realtor, they said, in the area who's going to list the home so you can make an offer before it goes to market. And that problem may
1: sort itself out yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the next few months with the eviction moratorium. I think they got to be patient in that case. I mean, housing, the, their housing is stable right now. They're renting. They don't like it, but they're not in any real danger of having that change. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: No. I mean, it's the weirdest bad situation I've ever heard. It's the best bad
1: situation I've ever heard of. Yeah, I I think they've they've got some short-term issues that they've got to sort out, but I still think they're in a position um, where they can accomplish a lot of the stuff they want. Like you said, they've they've got the four goals. Three of them are are reasonable, and I think if they come to terms with, with some of the decisions they may have to make and then they prioritize those decisions, I think it's very, very doable.
0: For those people that are just making it into the live stream here on Facebook Live, our noon Eastern recording on Fridays, starting next year, we are giving five families Hey Money memberships for free for six months. And we are following their financial stories and journeys live on the air with us. We will uh, do an initial introduction of that family story with them live on the air at the beginning of the six month period. We will work with them off the air, and then at the three-month mark, we will bring them back and give you an update. We will work with them some more. At the end of six months, they will come back and tell you where they ended up. You can apply uh, at the, uh, the for the ability to do this in the coming weeks on the social media channels at Pete the Planner uh, on Twitter and and things like that. And we will give you the link here on this show as well. Uh, Jameson makes it into the program as did Levi just now. Uh, Jameson shares with us. On Facebook Live, uh, I'm comfortable in my masculinity, so I can say this confidently. You were looking good, Pete. You know what? Let's pull back the camera a little bit. I have <laughs> to admit, let's actually take Damien off this this yeah, uh, screen because that's not helping anybody. Everybody, I've been working out a lot. I would flex my muscles for you on the air, but I, I'm uh, much thinner than I used to be, Dame.
1: Indeed. And you know in- what? You've done a lot of you've done a lot of hard work. You should be very. Very pleased. The appetite's coming back, though. I can tell you that. Hmm. It is winter. Primarily for the,
0: the wet stuff. What? As a drinking reference. Oh. Um, all right. Uh, yes. Uh, Danza, you asked, by family, do we include singles? Of course. We should say households. I never know what to say. I don't want to say people because to some degree, we do want couples if they share finances with someone to be on the show. Uh, if not, we we want individuals. That's, that's, why, that's why we want uh, our marketing director to take a look at this before we send it out. Oh, my God. Can you imagine how much trouble I'd be in? Yeah. I, I won't, I won't uh, share with everyone the realization that I had in our exec channel this week about uh, uh, an area of our business I wanted to explore late last fall as an option of what we would do and how the pandemic would have. Anyway, okay. Three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show answering your money questions you can email us ask pete at pete ask pete at pete the, at pete the we are uh, thrilled excited to uh, have all of our radio listeners with us this week as always whether you're listening on wawk the hawk in Kendallville or wtre in greensburg or even our newest affiliate wvki in knox indiana hello Hello, Dame, Uh, Here's a question that came in, which I'm now going to read to you. I'm stalling because I can't find it. Here it is. Okay. Hi, Pete and Damien. My husband and I live in a 90-year-old home oh. in a historic neighborhood in Naptown. We've lived in our neighborhood for eight years, two and a half years in this current home. We searched for this home for five years, patiently waiting for the perfect home that met our requirements. For example, two full baths, two car garage, etc. These things are hard to find in really old homes. And in many ways, we absolutely love it. During non-COVID times, our neighborhood is walkable, vibrant community, close to downtown, short work commutes, and full of character. Lately, however, that character seems to be wearing off. Maybe it's COVID, or maybe it's just a string of bad luck, but the past few years have felt like somewhat of an endless string of home repairs that always end up costing us more because of the age of our house and historic neighborhoods code requirements. Ooh, it's $500 here, $2,000 there, another $3,500 over there. It's always something. We also completed an $18,000 master bathroom renovation in order to have a true master bath with basic modern day amenities. We can't help but wonder when is the character in the vibrant community no longer worth it? We have the savings to pay for these repairs. We have an affordable mortgage payment that fits well within our budget. We're still able to meet all of our savings goals, retirement, 529. As we know that someday, local amenities like restaurants, services and playgrounds will be readily available once again. Thanks, COVID. But do you wonder, or but you do wonder how else Could we be spending that home repair money? We actually have no other hobbies these days because spending money on our old house is all we're able to do. Is there a point in which the cost of owning a cool old house just don't make financial sense? Should we sell and move to a newer home? Thanks and happy holidays, J&G.
1: What do you think, buddy? I think they're staring at the answer right in the face. I think owning a, a, a historic home that is going to be governed by a whole bunch of different rules and you have to get approval to do X, Y, and Z. It's a lifestyle to to jump into one of these houses and choose to live there. Um, If you are a a DIY person or family who can handle a lot of these things on your own, I think makes a lot of sense because it just becomes something that you enjoy and you can uh, maintain the the vintage quality of this house by you know putting your blood, sweat, and tears into it, and then have a, a showpiece to to you know show your friends as they come over and, and say, hey, look what we did with the the trim from that was originally built in the early 1900s. But there's no escaping the fact that you are going to have your hands tied, and a lot of time and or money is going to be required to maintain the houses that are in this category. And for the right person, the right family. It's a worthy cause, but for people maybe like J and G who are drawn in originally by the the lure of having uh, uh, this beautiful old home, it starts to uh, lose its luster as you start to require start to uh, realize that you've got a whole bunch of rules to play by and they're gonna require a whole lot of money.
0: I have a dear friend who lives in Pasadena, California, an amazing home. It's like a hundred years old, and they don't have air conditioning. And every time I'm there and I stay there, they're always dealing with that, but they've dealt with it. They've accepted it. Like it's part of their life. I've not accepted it. It's not part of my life. I don't know. I can't deal with that. Damn, this same logic is why I got rid of, or Mrs. Planner and I got rid of our rental home. We just didn't want that reality anymore, despite the you know positives and the advantages it did have. The disadvantages just started to outweigh it. At what point in time is this question simply answered the way my father, Mike D, would answer it? And that is to grab a legal pad, draw a line down the middle, and do the old Benjamin Franklin advantages, disadvantages,
1: pros, cons. Is
0: is it that simple, my friend?
1: I think so. I think you could also make a a really strong uh, correlation to owning a classic car. I mean, they're, they're amazing. They look great. They are fabulous when you can actually drive them, but they're going to require a lot of maintenance and a lot of upkeep. And if you've got certain things you want to do to it, I hope you do it. You can do it yourself because there's just um, a satisfaction in doing it that way. But if you always have to keep shelling out money to somebody else to, to take care of something that you want to enjoy, it starts to get old really quick. I think
0: you're right. I think the real solution here or the real answer involves the labor costs and the marginal utility of personal satisfaction a person gains by exacting labor on their home. i I don't want to fix anything <laughs> like i I want to fix financial life. that's it. I don't want to fix a house. I don't want to fix a car, so I try to keep newer things. It's the same reason that people who like to drive the wheels off their car to own it outright. And that's why that begins to fall apart eventually if that person's not into the inconvenience of constantly nickel and diming themselves with repairs. Damn, I would have a hard time telling this couple outright that they need to move. That being said, is there any better time for them to move and to
1: sell Uh, an exclusive home than this particular marketplace in a fantastic neighborhood that's close to downtown. I mean, it sounds like it's got all the other things going for it. And there are tons of people who are looking for houses just like these, either because they know what they're getting into and they accept it, or they don't know what they're getting into and are still uh, lost in the dream of, of owning an old house in a historic district. So yeah, if they want to sell great time. Yeah, and then it goes back to the question we talked about three or four weeks ago. With the
0: with like, if you can aff- mentally afford to rent until things shake out over the next six months to a year, and then sort of reconsider where you want to put your flag down, that's a that's a pretty great thing. And I've told you the story. I've told the story everywhere I go uh, of a a friend that was in a very very similar situation to this except that they couldn't easily handle the financial ramifications of what we're talking about, like which is the more common reality, right? And so when they finally came to the conclusion it was time to Vamanos, it changed their life in a dramatic way financially. These folks, I'm not so sure it changes their financial reality as much as it would change their mental state of being, but they could just be worn down that, oh, this is just another
1: piece of chaos in this year, 2020. Do you think that's, do you think it's a big part of it too? Sure. I, the financial, uh, the stress that it puts on you mentally, both financially and just wondering what you're going to have to fix this month is, uh, something that you don't want to have to live with on a a month in month out basis. So if they can, um, eliminate that from their lives, then there's a good chance that they will be happier and then they'll also have that extra cash to do whatever the heck they want maybe they go stay at uh, a historic home as a bnb a couple times a year once covid's passed just to get that feel if if that's what they're chasing how did airbnb's ipo go up like how did it double help me understand it opened almost double what it was going to issue i have no idea i you saw what i put in the the channel on that it it doesn't make any sense to me who in the world paid that and i also don't understand the
0: doordash ipo because uh, not to get macabre here but aren't some of the the, the those restaurants some ten thousand of them by many predictions in the next 90 days will no longer exist and yeah. you can't deliver food that doesn't like how is that a sustainable business model i feel like maybe it was five years ago but i don't know how it will be going forward no i have no idea but I guess retail investors are that way, man. They just they just get gut feelings and they go with it. All right, coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week and the news with Dame, a la Christy Lee. All that's next. I'm Pete the Planner.
1: Does this not feel a lot like the tech bubble where people were just throwing stupid money into the market and saying, hey, look, I got another winner and this is so easy. I can't believe I've paid somebody to do this. And I... People have made a lot of money this year through nothing more than dumb luck. And I have a really bad feeling that when things turn around and we, I mean, we, it feels so weird to say, cause we just experienced a 30% drawdown in the markets and yet people are still making money hand over fist that they have already forgotten how quickly their fortunes can turn around and shrink by a massive amount. I have an idea with no data that the robin hood set
0: who's just learned to invest this year there it is craig craig p anderson friend of the show just says on facebook live bored people just sitting around at home driving up stocks yeah i think it's the robin hood crew uh and, and that's a placeholder for people of that thinking that are like oh ipo i've heard about these and then they jump in and i think that's what's driving these prices up dame also help me understand how facebook retained its value the day it was announced that the government's trying to break up Facebook.
1: How, how did Facebook not dive 20% when that happened? Know, maybe people are thinking, well, gosh, if it gets broken up, I'll own five different companies instead of just one. And you know, maybe two of those will hit in the long run. I I have no idea what people are thinking. They, they People haven't learned to invest this year. They've learned to put money into the stock market and watch it go up. Part of investing is being okay once your return's go the opposite way and still staying with it. What these what a lot of the people, the Robin Hood set or whatever you want to call them, have have learned is only half of the equation at this point. And I, of course, am an antitrust litigator. There's <laughs> no way Facebook gets written up, broken up. No way. I don't know. I haven't paid attention that much to it to see why they uh think they should be broken up.
0: All right, it's time to enter this week's biggest waste of money of the week. You ready, Dame? Yes. Three, two, one. Oh, we still have health checks running. Oh, oh boy! Three, two, one. Zencaster, if oh, you right happen to, to be on the executive team of Zencaster and you're watching the live stream today. Do, do better. Do you- Come on, bro. You're killing me. All right, three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner show is the Arrow Mini BT Scent Diffuser created using 100% recycled aluminum. Have we talked about on the show, Dame, how the Brits say aluminum? Aluminium? Aluminium. Aluminium. This portable scent machine preserves the integrity of your essential oils and provides quality scents with style, sleek and minimalistic to fit nicely anywhere in your home or office. It features cold air diffusion technology to release nanoparticles into the air that leave behind no residue. I hate the word residue. (laughs) This preserves the integrity of the aroma and essential oils so you can get the most olfactive and therapeutic benefits without heat evaporation or diluting the oils and water or alcohol just pair the arrow mini bluetooth with the scenting app and set desired hours of operation with five different program options dame
1: what there were a lot of 10 cent words in that copy uh, they're really where i do uh, olfactive yeah all
0: right so if you're following along on facebook live right now without looking this thing up i want you to guess along if you're uh, on our facebook live stream where we always do noon eastern on fridays at the pete the planner facebook page you know because it'll get broken up um dame i want everyone to guess how much they think this thing costs and as people are guessing i'll just say this dame um When this whole pandemic started, there was all those jokes going around of like how all the people with the essential oils is are going to be fine, right? Because they Mm -hmm. solved everything. Uh, And then the other thing that occurred to me is how often prior to the year 2020, did you ever hear anyone talk about nanoparticles in the air? Never. Never. Okay. Oh, wait. Someone just said they got their wife this for Christmas on our Facebook channel. I
1: think they're joking.
0: Oh no. All right, so here are the guesses. $288, $799, $600, 1000, 329, 400, 500, 499. Dame, what say you?
1: I say uh 99.99 unless it's on sale the sharper image and then it's 180 bucks. No, I'm sorry,
0: sharper image only sells Trump steaks now. Uh, 349 is the answer. $349. Oof. He was joking, by the way. All right, Dame, what's in the news
1: this week? We're going to start the news with some decidedly non-financial news this week. Hope you're okay with the surprise. In order to make this work, though, Pete, I'd like you to tell me the first thing that comes to mind when I say a phrase. For example, if I say the Indy 500, you would say? Ari Leondyke. I, okay. I don't know why. Okay, it's Aurelian. Well, it's a flying Dutchman. Yeah. All right. Now the phrases I'm going to say are going to be connected. They're going to help lead us to the story. Keep that in mind. Are you ready? Yes. Mini movie on the Lifetime Channel. Mini movie on the Lifetime Channel. What do I think about? Yeah. Is what's the first thing that comes to mind? Good answer. Moving on. Uh, okay. Presented by Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, I saw this news story starring Mario Lopez as Colonel Sanders. That's right. The Colonel is coming to the small screen. Pete, a recipe for seduction will first air this Sunday, December 13th. On is that the real? Channel. Yes. Yes. I can't it- give away too much of the plot, Pete, but I've heard it's finger licking good. Oh, that's terrible damn I-, I will tell you this. Um, I have a,
0: an actual personal conundrum going on right now that I, I want to talk to you about. Oh, right now? Yes. Okay. After the show today, there's two things I'd like to get done, and they do, neither of them interact with each other. I have to choose. One, I'd like to go eat a McRib because I enjoy a McRib and I've not had one in a decade or more. And I know they're coming back. I know they'll be here for a while, but it got on my head last night and I can't let it go. The other thing I need to do is to run five miles. So it's not like the two things, again, can complement each other because Robin, I don't have time to do Robin both. What
1: McDonald's? Oh my God. You are a brilliant problem solver. Problem solved. What else is in the news? Americans are poised to take more mortgages this year than they did even during the run-up to the 2008-2009 financial crisis. In the first nine months of the year, lenders extended $2.8 trillion worth of mortgages, according to the industry firm, Inside Mortgage Finance. I get their publication, don't you, Pete? Inside Mortgage Finance? Yeah, Yeah, I actually have it tattooed, their logo on the uh, inside of my arm. I won't show it to you, though. Refi has made up 65% of the business through the first three quarters, but I think what is more interesting is to compare mortgage rates over the past 30 years, Pete. Ooh, ooh, I like this. December 14th, 1990, what was the average 30-year mortgage rate? I'm going to go with 8.5%. 95 oh Ooh, percent. I was close.
0: I was only a point. You were
1: close. Okay. 10 years later, December 8th of 2000, the 30 year rate was 7.5%. 7.54. Very good. You're oh my gosh. December 23rd, 2010. 6.5%. 4.8. Ooh. And then this year,
0: 2.71. That's wild.
1: It's insane absolutely insane
0: okay so this idea of can't go much lower can can people still say that because it can i mean technically it could i had a, a friend lock in a 15 year just this week pretty good rate i i
1: double checked the rates i think yesterday or the day before to see if i could uh finagle a 10 year Uh it's it's just not worth it that's what we've had the same conversation like we you know we refinanced to a 15 this year and then we're like man if rates stay this low for a couple of years do we go ahead and refinance again to a 10 of course it comes down to the math you figure out what the difference is and if you're better ahead just throwing an extra cash at your 15 but that's neither here nor there would you like to hear the next story Pete C sí, senior Amazon announced an effort Thursday aiming to help 29 million people worldwide retrain by 2025, giving them new skills for cloud computing roles as the pandemic upends many careers.
0: Okay, what I do like about this is that it is in a way altruistic, but also in a way incredibly self-serving because they're trying to create their own farm system, right? They're they're trying to, in a very intelligent way, you know, a rising tide raises all ships or something like that uh, help everyone. But since they're the biggest player, it helps them the most. I, I, I can't find something I don't like about this.
1: And it's free. It's free to the, to the uh, person that's getting the education. So I, I'm all for it. You know, what's strange and it's not really a political comment
0: is that there's certain lobbies, uh, special interest groups, I should say, with older technology, older concepts that that we've been trying to change. But because those older lobbies have so much power, progress doesn't happen. And therefore, we have a very efficient and sometimes dangerous or damaging thing continuing. Part of me thinks, while this is a great program for Amazon, the powers that be are not going to make it that simple to to, uh, move the American worker into the more technology side of things, I, I, I feel like there will be a fight to maintain the current way of employment, if that makes any sense. I'm, I'm using so many
1: coded words, I'm not sure it does. I'm not sure that, uh, you know, if, if things keep progressing, I, I don't know if there'll be much choice that the powers that be, whoever they are, uh, would be able to um, keep people where they are. Uh, they'll, they'll need to have retrained people to help them in other areas. All right,
0: Damon, our last 40 seconds of the show this week, I'm putting it to you. It is December 11th as we record this show. Will there be a stimulus plan passed and signed by President Trump prior to the end of 2020? Yes. Okay. I'm going to take no. I'm going to take no. Uh, I've held out a small degree of faith in those people. And they continuously punch it right in the teeth. Dan, that's all we have time for this week on the show. So I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the Pete the
1: Planner show. Well, there we go. Just like that.
0: Thank you for attending the performance. And a special thanks to all those who helped with the show. Uh, Man. Zencaster, you made our life H a double hockey sticks this week. You really did get it together. Zencaster. So Dame, the question in front of us right now that we only have one question to answer before we send everyone on their way. Do we make this the first version of the new podcast or not? I know what I think. I don't know, I'll decide over the weekend. Um, uh, craig (laughs) you weren't barging in on the show uh we invited you you were the best thing that's been on the show this year all right dame i gotta go because i have to shoot some videos and then i want to tell you the end of the story about the couple that called and then which now i forgot what that detail is oh i remember now hey everybody i hope you have a good week it's been great Gracias.